Let's spell a song so you can sing along with a special guest or two. Or two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a special returning guest getting ready for the holiday cheer. It's <laughs> Roland Ruzanak. Hi, yeah. John. <laughs> I don't That's, know. I had the impulse and I just read it. That's right, mind. and it's correct. That is exactly how I feel right now. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. I good finally have have things to share at the end so we'll oh. have to stick to the end so i can share what's coming for me well you have to get through the the whole episode everyone and here, yes here today we're we're talking about a classic tv movie from 1977 called emmett otter's jug band christmas a screenplay by jerry jewel it's based off the book by lillian hoban and russell hoban music and lyrics by paul williams Directed by the one and only Jim Henson. And <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And according to IMDb, a poor otter family risks everything for the chance to win the cash prize of a talent contest for Christmas. I just want to get this out of the way. First of all, I did not grow up with this movie. Oh, okay. I saw it for the first time. Probably like before the pandemic. Oh, really? That's wow, that's pretty recent. Uh, Bestie of the Pod, Lauren Gismondi, and I went to go oh. see it in theaters because there was like that Fathom Events kind of sort of. And it was so oh, that's cool. right. It was so oh my cool god, I think I went sh- too. I yeah. think I went too. Yeah. They they also showed a Fraggle Rock episode. So have the, yes, so did. witnessing the entire audience clap in the Fraggle Rock, I was like, ah. And then watching this, it's just so heartwarming. Yeah. It is it is a masterpiece of Muppet creation in the Jim Henson era. Yeah. Because it just... There are zero humans. Zero humans, and it almost feels like an episode of The Muppet Show, but, like, elevated in, in some ways. It's so... Um, it's... Ugh, I, there aren't words. Like, it's so dear and kind and loving and it's all the things that like jim was doing in sesame street about teaching and uh you know kindness and sacrifice and love but but this is for like the whole family right and he brought it to the muppet sensibility which was wacky and show busy and kind of out there and uh I love this show. This movie is so much i'm not gonna lie after i watched this i did call my mom and i was like i'm in my feels for real for real she was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I so I saw this either when I was seven or ten or both. But I think we had HBO in Cal- here in Santa Barbara um when I was little at that I would so I would have been six. And I was watching the Muppets. That was all I watched, wow. I think. The Muppets and I Love Lucy. That was all I watched. <laughs> so we I think we had HBO because I think that was when Fraggle Rock started up or around that time. And that's 
I think why we got it or, I, or my parents wanted it because it was the thing to get, you know, it was really cool because it was like, ooh, a, a, a new channel on the television with the right. cable. The, you, had, you had to pay extra for it. Yeah. I think at that time, it was probably like 20 bucks a month and you're like, oh, that's so much money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, so, but I think I watched it every time it was re-aired. I, uh, from what I remember, it played, it played on HBO, then it played like on, on some other channel, but then it was like on network regularly, like regular, like often. I, yeah, uh, I, we, we were more of another Henson property growing up. It was the Muppet Family Christmas, which, um. What? I don't know this. Oh, family Christmas Muppet family Christmas. It was a, we did it as an episode a few years ago on the podcast with my family. Oh my! And, and it was, it was all the Henson properties. So it was basically Muppets was the store. was like the main focus, but then the Sesame street gang comes in and then they go to Fraggle rock at one point. Mm -hmm. So it, that one, is my family um I have to Christmas watch this movie but this one I'm not surprised it's only what like 50 minutes it's yeah fast. I think it's like two minutes long yeah yeah it's it's fast but also not because it 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 it's not afraid to sit in moments I feel like that's exactly what I was feeling like like the whole point of it is this contest, right? The whole point that we're working towards, I should say plot wise, is the mm-hmm. contest. And and the front of of the piece, you know, in the before you get to the contest, they really sit in Ma and Emmett, you know, like on the river singing and how they communicate their love to each other through this like service and singing and being together. And they're so poor that they just, they're there for each other. It's just they really give you that sense of who they are very quickly, but in in a very easy way. That's the thing I took away from watching this as an adult. Now the script is so good. Yeah. It's it very so good. I mean, there, there are two points that I'm a little confused about, but like, oh. it's not bad. One is, I don't know how long, um, it's been a single family household, single parent household. Oh um, yeah, we just died, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they they talk about how dad is gone and every the dad otter or pa otter or whatever his name yeah. was, yeah. Yeah. and you don't know how much time has passed. And you know, it's I mean, to me, I don't care. I don't need to know because uh-huh. it seems like they're just so comfortable in their own ways and they're still uh-huh. remembering but it's not like it just happened you know what no. i mean no you you get the sense that it was a long time ago but uh, but emmett's still really young so like yeah, yeah emmett's probably what like 12 if we were going to give him human sure, years? if he were a human yeah something like that yeah and then the other question i have is when is this supposed to take place <laughs> In Muppet time. Okay. Because in 1980 Muppets. It felt like a lot of the town, especially the otters and everything, Mm. is is like in the Depression era. But then you get the River Bottom Boys or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The anachronistic. Very yeah, yeah. 70s. I mean, I so I watch everything at this point with subtitles on. Uh-huh. And when River Bottom Nightmare Band played the their song yes. at the talent show, yes, 
Yes. It's in the captions. It uh-huh. says that the song is Hendrick Hen- Hendrix like or in the Hendrix style. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, we're here with like all this other bluegrass and folk. And I believe there was a John Denver song. Oh, it's all John Williams. Every Paul piece Williams. is, excuse me, Paul Williams. Yeah, Paul Williams. Paul Williams. Yeah, it's all Paul Williams. Like, so he wrote everything, but you're saying the style of it? Is that what you mean? No. Um, when the river meets the sea. Oh, wait, I thought that one. John Denver covered it. That's it. Oh yeah, so, these songs were covered. It. I, I remember that that after this that, came out, there was covers of these songs. I like, read. I think yeah. I read somewhere that uh, it, like John Denver had a single of it, and I thought, oh, uh huh. I thought Emmett Otter covered it. Oh, oh gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like they put according it to the like the Wikipedia page for the song "When the River Meets the Sea," uh-huh. um, he covers it with Robin the Frog, and that's oh. the same actor. The same actor who voices Robin voiced Emmett. That you know, I wondered about that because I, I there were uh, acting choice similarities. Not that they sounded the same, but they sort of had. Oh no, they sounded the same. They did to you, okay? Oh yeah, I was. It's very distinct. It's very distinct. Yeah, I, I mean, it's you know the the delight of the Muppets is that you they're like they're all friends. You hear them and you go, oh yay, it's that's that guy's voice, you know. But let's go back for a second because I have to talk about the score because. It is. Yeah. It, I just think there. Everything is so genius, and the the simplicity, the hominess, and um, yeah, it's like the folky, bluegrassy. Uh, I don't know. I enjoy the fact that the River Bottom Gang is totally anachronistic, and that they're like seven nineteen seventy seven rock and roll band. Um, or they're or bizarre. it is supposed to be seventies, but in like the sticks somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, like in like well, some deep woods in the in like Midwest yeah, or something like, like that. Yeah, because because like if you're somewhere deep in the in the in no in you know in the countryside, like Montana. I'm thinking. Yeah, I the I had a feeling that it was more like the 1890s because of the the yeah because of the that toad guy the toad that's the yes yes he's, he's wearing like a an outfit that you go this is like a man from like a saloon owner and it turns out he's the restaurant owner that like gives them the job at the end um i i, I just everything and about like, this and like you know everyone is so poor in this town that you're yeah. like and then there's the two rich people and they're assholes <laughs> no not that guy's not an asshole but but the other lady is the the f- mrs fox who's wearing a fox stole hilarious she uh, is so, there's so many funny things in this <laughs> She is wearing a fox stole like her cousin, and probably. she's a fox. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> not, not since, you know, Judy Dench and Katz wearing a fur coat have <laughs> I, like been so blown away by a choice. <laughs> but the other thing too that I like about this is like the dad, Pa Otter, was like a snake oil salesman. And when you say that, that's like... Mm-hmm. They're selling you crap. They're not selling right. you a real product, but it right. turns out in true Henson pun world, mm-hmm. it's actual snake oil. 
And they keep saying, because nobody wants to oil snakes anymore. And you're like, right. And I was like, that is so smart. So, it's so Henson. It's so Jim Henson, Jerry Jewell, all Frank Oz comedy. That old vaudevillian. Um, there was this thing with that I kept laughing like hard at in the Riverbottom gang. They had like a fish as part of their gang. And the fish made me guffaw because it was always like, like at one point he's in a bucket with on skis and they're driving him around and then another time in the show he's just in a tank floating and dancing around he's just doing nothing and i don't know why that made me laugh so it was so random and funny in their car he's in like the trunk area but it's like oh yeah Yeah. tank yeah like Like in a fish tank like what this is a sassy little fish. And I'm like here. that and didn't say anything, didn't just was just there doing shit, like being sassy little weird fish. Well, I mean, he he, I think it's a he, uh, did squirt water at one point at somebody. And I was like, Oh, this yeah. Was, I have to say, from a technological standpoint, this mm-hmm. movie blew my fucking mind. Same, same, because we talked a little shop of horror, we did little shop. I watched some of the Muppet movie a little bit to, and I saw the comparisons in style and filming, but this was like elevated. It went to like a next level here. Roland, Roland, the opening is yeah. with yeah. Mont and Emmett in a boat. Yeah. On a damn boat. And that's water. That is not Muppet fake water. water. That's water. water. That's, it was brilliant. And just like the shots, I, I even put it in my notes. Like I was like, there are shots where they're like moving around in the sound studio, in the sound stage around the set. And you're like, how are they doing that? That's so good. Um, and then there's also a point where they're like marionettes, but you yeah. don't see the wires. And they're walking and it's so cute. They're walk- so because like um, when we did, when I did uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. you could find footage of like a behind the scenes of Kermit walking uh-huh. and uh-huh. there's like a green screen disc that his feet are walking on. Oh, that's cool. I didn't but know that. This it felt like true like it felt like they not only did like their true muppet like hand in a puppet muppet mm-hmm. but like they experimented with other forms of puppetry. Um in the contest particularly you see that yeah yeah and like back black like back black work that you're just like what is this this is so good and like everything besides the foliage and the water Mm -hmm. is a puppet Mm -hmm. and like i i mean like there's set deck and all that but like Yeah. yeah there's a beautiful shot that I literally wrote a note about because there's a crane in the foreground. A crane! And they took a good 30 seconds to give you the crane moving its head very slowly, setting an environment with a beautiful sunset. And I was like, this is really an elevated thing for them. That and... It was gorgeous. And um, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Oh, like they they use birds flying in the sky mm-hmm. um that blew my mind but like the one that like, even yeah. the ducks the weird ducks in the water that move their heads you're like this is water and the ducks are moving how are you ducks. doing this there's there's points where i think they actually like utilize animatronics i mean maybe maybe there's an you know because at that point they were starting to be more workable well because like the scene where they're walking they're also talking and there's 
it's hard. So how, do you, how do you do that? Like, how how do you get them? To do I that? was trying to figure out how they did the damn boat, and I have no idea. Same. I I haven't a clue. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I could come up with is that there's like a tank, <laughs> and their arm is through a track or something, but. Mm-hmm. That's I I know it's a rod puppet. It could be like a rod puppet, like through a tank of water, because rod puppets are like with like a trigger, um, and you can move, and that way you can move it this way and move its mouth. Interesting. But, but that's complicated. I don't. I just. I, uh, you know, this is a, a total guess on my part, but I have no idea. I have no idea. Just, just the 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 beauty of the sets alone. Is because it's it's so evocative. It's so there's a desolateness about where they live. Their poverty is so clear, you know. That that was the one thing I again as an adult watching this, I go, they were able to capture the human co- condition through these, you know, Muppet characters so beautifully in, in that respect. But then also like like there's this great moment where like Ma is nervous and she has the lady, the lady I call her lady, whatever she was a muskrat come over because she needs to use her spinning wheel. And she's like, I'm going to make you a cup of tea. And then they cut the scene. At the end of the scene, she goes, where's that tea kettle? And she's got it in her hand. And it's just cute because it gives you a sense of who this character is. Then later, when Mai's like at the contest, she has this whole like exchange with, I think it's the MC. I think it's who it is, where she like says the funniest. It's so funny, but it's like, again, funny because it gives you an, a sense of what she's going through in that moment that she's so nervous she can't speak straight it's just so beautifully done and yet still really funny still really entertaining like it's they just have this amazing ability to like tap into humanity through these characters it was just gorgeous i also like the o henry of it all right because uh, we can talk about what this is that what the bigger thing is based on yeah so i mean yeah. even th- i think think the book Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas by uh, the Hobans yeah. is based off of Gift of Yep, it is. Yeah. Um yeah. Where okay, so instead of it obviously being a couple, it's a, a, a mother and son and they're trying to like well, the couples in the O. Henry story like a, a, that's a, what I mean it's, yeah. instead of like the O. Henry story of it being a couple in this it's a mother and son relationship and they're trying to like cheer each other up because well, it's, it's the the story is really like for me it's about sacrifice and you know when you give a gift you give you, a gift you give a gift you give it and yeah and the, and the beauty of the O'Henry story is that the, the 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 couple wants to make each other happy, but they give them something that is for the thing that they lost to give that person the the thing. Mm-hmm. And in this getting. in this case, Ma sells the tools. Pause, pause tools, tools. Emmett was using to work, yeah. and then Emmett destroys the wash bin. Puts a hole in the wash bin that Ma uses to wash people's clothes and make money on money off that. and can we just talk about i literally wrote a note also about the moment Emmett puts the nail in the wash bin it's like a it's like an epic moment in the like they make such a meal of that moment because it's such a big decision yeah and it's kind of i'm telling you it's so well done because you see him like take the nail and he hits it and there's like a cord and then they cut the black and he did it you know and i, I it's just brilliant to me 
they have it in their minds that they're going to win this talent contest that the town is putting on where they can get how much? Five hundred fifty? Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars, which isn't which makes me. That's why I think it's eighteen ninety nine because but, yeah, like, where I'm yeah. like, how much is this? And then and Emmett, Emmett wants to put a down payment on a piano for Ma, and Ma wants to buy Emmett a, a, a guitar with Mother of Pearl inlay. So when they do the talent show, unfortunately, they lose, and the the River Bottom Boys win because they have the. That extra, that something a little extra. A little extra. But in the end, Ma and Emmett win because that restaurant owner that you were talking about earlier gives them yeah. a job, which it gives them long term winnings. Yeah, that's what I was, I was yeah. about to say. Like yeah. they they lost the fifty dollars right off the bat, but like now they have a salary. Now a salary, they... free food, and the thing I think you're leaving out for me, which is really important, is the fact that what gets them the job is that after the contest, they were so sad and Emmett and his little band and Ma were all walking home together and to console themselves, they sing together. They She sings the song from the contest. He, he and the band sing the song they did and they kind of put it together and it's better because the music that they're making is better together. Kind of reminded me. Sorry, and, to then we, and then the little toad comes out and goes like, "You guys, all you needed was to get together." And then there you go. There's a moral of the story. Where where is this going? And then he and then he says, "By the way, do you want to sing at my restaurant?" And it's like, oh, "Okay, there we are." You sound like Rolf there. I'm not gonna lie. I did. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah I did. But to me, it reminded me of. Did you ever see the show Curtains? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, in the same boat moment where it's fascinating where you build something and according to wasn't that four songs though in in curtains that's like uh three three okay three but in in uh according to the imdb trivia uh where did i read it Hmm. this was it was one of the first mashups on network television and in american culture overall get out really allegedly yeah i mean i believe it because you know it's the muppets they were breaking ground it was very you know i believe it i feel like though it's it's so beautiful i feel like though mashing two songs together i thought that's been done to death like before we had the term mashup it was um a medley (laughs) a medley (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's the the ending I also wrote to my uh, notes to myself about because I felt I feel like although it could easily feel hokey and like cheesy, the way they they resolve it with that moral lesson learned of like to being together is better than being being alone. And, you know, um, it doesn't feel cheesy. It just feels kind of right. Like the way they bring it out, it just doesn't feel saccharine. And that's, I think, the brilliance of this. It's like, because it could easily be like, oh, this is too. I'm not going to lie. I didn't take a lot of notes on this one. Oh, yeah. Because I was just so into it. I was so like Mm -hmm. in it. I was in the story. I was watching it. I was active. And it was just so nice. And it was beautiful. And I'm sorry. I mean, my feels. Happy Christmas, (laughs) everyone. (laughs) Yeah. 
I, I also wanted to mention something that made me kind of laugh, which is, you know, I've been in so many shows where you're in a contest or you're in something where like the acts are the bad, the bad acts are supposed to be bad and the good act is supposed to be the best. And that's not always the case. Like they either the director or the choreographer, whoever doesn't really nail that idea. And and maybe the performers aren't cast properly to like, you know, be the best. So you're just sort of like, well, it's the lead. She's got to win it, you know, even though she's not the greatest. Um, but in this contest, Emmett and Mom were truly the, the best acts in the show. Like, I don't without know. a doubt, they were so, you watch it and you go, oh my God, they're so good. I feel like, uh, honestly, I feel like Ma was slightly better. I would agree. I, just Ma's because, moment is beautiful. Just because her song is just so emotional. And her voice so is heartfelt. And it's a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. It's a fuzzy puppet with like a little black button eye and you go are in love with her. Like it's brilliant. And the lady who did the voice of, of Ma, her, her singing voice is beautiful, you know, cause she's kind of doing a, 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 a Ma voice. But then when she sings, Oh God. Yeah. So Mar- Marilyn Sokol uh, voice. I, like I met her. You know, like, her? she's been around the Broadway world subsequently i believe and she seems to be like still around a character actress you know just uh-huh. like picking gigs here and there uh-huh. whenever she can uh I, apparently though on set uh frank oz voiced and puppeteered her and then oh, gotcha. so and then marilyn mm-hmm. and then marilyn went in and re-recorded everything but i was i mean that made sense because you need you can't just be like moving your hand around as if your puppet is talking and of course i did a visual for roland and <laughs> great for an audio medium but it's like you you like one hand clapping that's what it looks one like. hand clapping and it, it would be weird if it's like emmett say your line and now ma and I'm leaving that that moment of silence in there. Yeah. Oh, um, also, I love that Kermit the Frog bookends this as yes. like Sterling, like, you know, um Mr. Hitchcock's, you know, like it is it's just it gives you the sense that it's that we are in the world of the Muppets. And the fact that it's Jim sort of made me very, very nostalgic. And be like, oh, it's still J- it's Jim doing... Oh. But what yeah. I also liked is that besides Kermit, everyone else seemed original. Absolutely. And yeah. it turns out they were, and then they were used in later projects. Right. Um, but as background puppets, not as... Yeah, because like... you, you see them sometimes. You're like, oh my God, that's... <laughs> yeah, they were they were in the Muppet movie at one point or some of them were in the muppet movie making cameos they were also in the muppet show um at different points and yeah and you know i still watch the muppet show on disney plus i still watch it. i there's moments where i'm like i need to watch an episode of the muppet show well that's good to know i i i'm almost done with the current show that i'm watching so i need to like figure something else out it's it's really good, but as a grown up, it you can't like watch you can't. There's nothing to binge. It's a variety act, so you know it's more something like you put between some heavy shows. You watch a half hour of them up being amazing, and Rita Moreno killing it, or like Mark Hamill being ridiculous and funny, and you know it's like it's so it's so great. Wasn't uh, uh, Carrie Fisher on it? Oh, they all were. 
Yeah, yeah, I think, and and it did I think, pigs in space. She had to have done pigs in space. I don't know. There is a Star Wars episode of it, though. I, I have to watch it again. I don't remember now because it's so vaudevillian. The comedy is so right out of vaudeville. So funny. But again, with this, there is no human, and I, I feel like it doesn't call for one. Uh huh. It lives so beautifully in this world. If you were to put a human in, who would it be? The the toad? No, you need. It, There's it, no need, yeah, because it's no. all the river, it's all the inhabitants of, you know, what's it called? Not River Bottom is the bad guys. What's their Frog whatever. Town, Frog Pond? There's Frog in like, Yeah, Frog Town, Frog. Yeah, we're doing great, just, everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, because it it's so irrelevant because they mention it really early on, and it's more about just the core of the relationship with Ma and Emmett is so key to the story that you really it, time and space really don't matter i just in some ways. i want to talk about now the title because yeah. i don't understand why the emphasis is on emmett when in the movie the emphasis is on emmett and ma hmm. maybe because and it's not his jug band also well i mean if you take it like this is the one Christmas where Emmett Otter sang in a jug band. Okay. Then it's yeah. the seminal moment that he will always remember because it's this Christmas that his life changed. Yeah. I, I, I was hoping that like, well, you saying that made me think about if they made sequels, there would be other like oh. snapshots or something. Wouldn't it be great just to see Emm- where their lives go afterward? That'd be so cool. Emmett Otter... And Valentine's Day, Emmett Otter, and you know, like Mon Emmett's, Emmett, Mon Emmett's, you know, summer vacation, <laughs> summer vacation. They they go to they where where do they go? They go to t- Nashville. Yes, they audition for a rock for a for a recording artist uh, contract in, in Nashville. And you know what? That'll be the one with the human, and it'll be Dolly Parton. It will be, and that's the only human we need, and that's the only human we need. Correct. She'll, she'll come in saying I'll always love you and then leave <laughs> and she'll say something funny and be like bye y'all look at my boobs <laughs> uh, and then Nina West will try to play her in the live action version <laughs> I wrote so I wrote down in my I, the few notes that I did take I wrote down that Emmett and Ma breaking my heart they're just so sweet Again, I did call my mom right afterwards because oh, I was just like, oh. I need to talk. And I told her, I was like, I just had to talk to you. I know like, I talked to my mom daily, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I called her an extra time being like, I just lost my daughter and I need my mommy. <laughs> oh, I love it. it was, yeah, I was like, oh, mom, I love you. <laughs> She's not going to listen to this, but you know, yeah, it was, it's just, it's just such a sweet sweet movie and like the fact that it's christmas and i know that this episode is coming out on christmas and you Mm. know they focus on christmas but i feel like christmas isn't as important about christmas yeah no it's about the event of them making a sacrifice for each other the gift giving as you said and the um you and know, the fact that they give to get and they get something better than they expected when they, you know, make that sacrifice. They Uber win. Like getting that right. job at the end, you know, they could have got each other the gift that they 
and then kept struggling. Yeah. No, got the, I'm thinking of like now it's like mm, a few months later and like they um they got each other the gifts that they wanted to give each other and then Emmett got another washboard and Ma got uh like bought the tools back or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hawked those and it's like everyone wins. Yeah. Except for the except for the River Bottom Boys. I hope that they just drive the car in the tips. There is there is a lyric in the River Bottom Gang's song that I noted because I laughed so hard at it. It said, We don't brush our teeth because our toothaches help us stay mean. I howled. There was also another line early on when Emmett comes in. I'm sorry laughing already. And I, it's it's cute as hell, but it just it, it tickled me. He, he he just comes in and he goes, "Ma, I cut the Christmas branch. Why, why, Ma, I cut the Christmas branch." What I also appreciate I about it's so cute. What I also appreciate about the River Bottom Boys is that although that they're punks and rambunctious, they're not mean. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they don't do harm. Yeah. They're just icky. Yeah. Like they they go into that store. I don't even know if it's a music shop or I don't or, either. <laughs> or a pawn shop or whatever. Yeah. What but is like, that store? yeah. They go in, they fool around. Uh one of them, I forget which animal it is, has a great uh drum joke about <laughs> Why like the, if they didn't want drums to roll, they should make they should have made them square. Where I was like, you're yeah, right, yeah. they yeah, should. Yeah, yeah, and then like you know they they're just annoyances and like I said, punks. Like they're not they're not cruel. They don't put down Emmett or anyone else. Really, they they also come in, sing their little song, and leave. Like yeah, and they don't, do it, they, don't they don't hurt anybody. They're like a they're like a soft antagonist. Well, I think it goes along with Jim Henson's, um, you know, like again, his ideas that he was putting out in Sesame Street about like, you know, teaching and loving and being kind, and that even the bullies in his world aren't really the bullies we'd see now. The, the right. bullies, the bullies are the kind of bullies that, um, if you're not if shoving you, kids in lockers, yeah, but if you like tap the bully enough in the right way they convert to being a good person whereas do you know what i mean like they're redeemable still whereas like like current now the bullies we'd see are like very far gone and you know basically like they would have driven the that car into the store they would have punched Mm Emmett. they would have stolen everyone's money yeah and they would have like threatened ma and like run them over at the end of the movie on the river and killed them you know what i mean like it's not it's it's the there's 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 a redeemable quality in, yeah in i feel i feel like if we went a little longer the river bottom boys would have been like you know what we should have we should give you guys the money we don't really need it like you know seriously like they're like you know what we thought you're ugly that money. could have been something or like they could have just joined in and sung with them kept the money still being assholes but you know <laughs> Or showed up at the at the restaurant and like give them just a really good tip for singing. Yeah, you know that you're you're right saying that. I didn't. I, I don't think I ever really thought about bullies in the Henson world because really, when you think, never when, I, when I think about Jim Henson, I don't really think about 
the villains, I think about either the Muppet characters or Sesame mm-hmm. Street characters, right. sometimes Fraggle Rock characters, but not so much. <laughs> I love Fraggle Rock. But like thinking about, you know, Tim Curry and Muppet Treasure Island, where he's a cartoonish villain, mm-hmm. like there's it's he just smiles and you're like, oh, Tim Curry, it's you're, mm-hmm. it's, it's Tim so Curry. Good. Yeah, I can't I can't hate you. Yeah, because I think for I mean, I guess I, this is me again making an assumption, but, you know, he created Sesame Street because they wanted to teach kids through the Muppets. And there was all these things that they were working on putting out. And they're all very like classic, good, le- you know, lessons about goodness and kindness and family and and, and you know, sacrifice for the greater good, of, you know, stuff like that. And I think that's what carries over for this one particularly. That's why I feel like it's such a mix of Sesame Street and the Muppet Show, because there's no there's not a lot of morality that shows up at the Muppet Show. If anything, it's such a wacky kind of like free for all. It's SNL, but with it's puppets. SNL. It's a classic vaudeville. It's just a hot, chaotic mess that we can't stop watching because it's so brilliant. Um, but uh, this is different. This is it's and it's weird. I don't understand why it's not grouped with the other Disney properties on Disney. I mean, yeah, with the other Muppet properties on Disney Plus. I guess they're trying to separate Muppets with non-Muppet characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even though Kermit's in this. But Peacock is not owned by Disney. Peacock is NBC Universal. So I wonder if if Disney's not allowed to have it. It may have also depended on what channel it aired on. Yeah, HBO was the initial. And I know they filmed it in Toronto as opposed to London, where they filmed Muppet Show and all of his other things. Um, so it might have been a different producer. It might have been someone else financing it. So that's maybe why. But it was an HBO property to start with. Uh, also, it's not on HBO Max, or on Max, I should say. Yeah. But it's weird because I'm reading here that the special later aired on ABC and Nickelodeon, which are owned by two different companies. Correct. Yeah, I think I saw that's when I started. I saw them multiple times because I remember watching it a couple times in subsequent years. And I was like, how is this always on? So I'm seeing the different forms of puppetry Um, to give the names. I said marionettes. There's also Bunraku and Black theater. I've never heard of black theater. So that's what I was referring to in the in the in the acts that you see that there's a black background. That's black. Yeah. So basically, they're puppeteering from behind. So like the squirrel, which I was like, what is this squirrel act? They're just like leaping over each other and doing somersaults. Um, is it was well, we did it in, in Adam's family. That's why I know about this. So that black. It's a black velvet or a black duvetine that their the yep. puppeteers are black and they're working from behind so that you can give it like an they can walk around, they can jump, they can do all these things that you can't do just from a puppet with its hand up the characters behind. Again, if anyone knows how they did the water, oh, like I would love I, to know. We'll get to this so you know the socials by now. If not, we'll get to them later. But like th- that water was just so mind-blowing and like i love how fixated you are on this because it really spoke to me too i'm so i i can i cannot because like like the other thing too is that they used a model a a set model for Mm -hmm. like 
mm-hmm. town shots and everything, mm-hmm. which you mm-hmm. can tell it's a model, but it's still like it's a great model. It's a great model, and like you're you can see the work and see the love and see the passion of everybody. And the fact that they fucking got me again with the goddamn boat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they did it either. Oh my God. So beautiful. And I think that's the beauty of this one, particularly because there are moments where you're like, I don't know how you're doing that. Right. And also like the fact that they were playing a little bit with, with, um song genre sorry i'm bouncing around a little bit this is yeah yeah no i have that note as well that they the genres changed and and it speaks to the characters really well and like mostly sticking with like bluegrass or folk music folk like music do i want to call it folk well it's it's still paul williams it's all you know so it's he's just playing with you know styles the 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 song barbecue barbecue i wrote i wrote down part of yeah. some the song makes me think of the that one from a mighty wind uh-huh. mighty wind well yes. there's a and i'm like okay this is like <laughs> same vibes mm-hmm. barbecue <laughs> just the way it ends on that um i i i, I would say oh i should say this for stops and flats never mind i want to wait um well, speaking of which, I I'm tapped out. Is there anything else you want to talk about before no, we get into Shepard Flat? No, I think we covered it all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We covered it all. We covered it all. Okay, great. Let's do it. Sharp Flat. So in this section, we're gonna highlight some moments whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, I thought it could change, it's flat. My God, Roland, we we're like blasting through this episode. I mean, this movie is only 50 minutes long, and mm-hmm. there's so I much mean, to talk about. I there there is and there isn't because like because mm. like this the songs are beautiful and the emotions heartfelt, but like you can only say it so many times. I've talked about the goddamn boat now three times. So, <laughs> and now to start, my yeah. first start is the technological marvel of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it is beautiful. It mm-hmm. is mind blowing. It it's it's like you're. This is like what creativity is. Yes, agree. And this is, I mean, I feel like people need to witness this movie and be like, don't stifle creativity because this is what could happen with like anyone, when anyone's mind wanders mm-hmm. and like, you know, you have, you have a, pro, a, a problem, quote unquote, um, you know, oh, they're puppets and they're floating down a river. Great. How are we going to do this? And then you have to reverse engineer. And so never, never uh, stifle anyone's creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I also sharped that everything is a puppet besides the foliage and water. Everything. Um, everything. And even mm-hmm. then, I feel like the foliage is fake. But like there's actually it's actual water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my last sharp is the love between Ma and Emmett. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie, this movie is just so, so great. And so mm-hmm. like, yeah, like we said, it, it's not about Christmas, but it's about the this holiday spirit. Mm-hmm. It's about, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it could also be like a birthday or something if you don't celebrate any of the 
holidays in December. Um, it it could be like a birthday, you know, like oh, got to get them the right gift, and you know, and what you give up to give the right gift. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the key here. You know, is that there's a the sacrifice to make the gift. Not that you have to make a sacrifice to give a good gift. That's this is just that's just this. No, thing. but like you know, you 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 find the right gift, and you're just like. I'm going to make, I'm going to get this gift for you. Yeah. Especially, especially, you know, Pa Otter died however many years before. <laughs> I'm going to say at least two. At, le at least two but years. That feels prior right to because Emmett Hat can't be that little because he's got to remember Pa. So he, it can't have been that long ago. Right. And also, like, the reality of their situation of like, you know, they have to work. They can't, I feel like they, they don't really have enough time to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what they do is so miserable. Not, not miserable. That's not the right word, but like, it's so, it's just meager. Like it menial gets them by. Like they're just, it's hard work that barely gets them anywhere. Yeah. They're they're And they're doing odd jobs here and there for like pennies, it's, which again, yeah. turn 1890s yes this makes sense yeah because he was like you get we're getting 50 cents for fixing the fence and it's like yeah 50 cents that's got to be the 1800s but 12 dollars and 50 cents is a down payment on a piano, on a piano. Like, right that's like one of a thousand payments you're gonna be yeah. making yeah pretty much yeah uh roland what about you what are your sharps i, I have to talk about my sharp being this score and those lyrics that make me just lose my mind. And we didn't talk about the opening number, which I'm going to sharp because the opening is Ma and, and, and Emmett on the river singing a song about a lady and her bathing suit. And, and then they start to talk about the, the bathing suit that was stolen by a pirate because it was going to be a sale. And then it was going to be like used for, and it, they just kept, the more they talk about the, the bathing suit and the lady, you realize that she's just like a, a, a very fat woman in a giant, a, you know, bathing suit. And then the punchline of the song is that it was Emmett's grandmother. And I, also, I, I, when I tell you, I was like, I don't think I knew that, figured that out until I was a grown man that I would be like, because I watched this as a kid and I always remember the songs and they always got to me, but that that's what it was about. That it was about an obese woman and her and her and her bathing suit, and that it's Emmett's grandma. I I just love that other songs are in universe, uh -huh. and I mean, they're all performative songs. Yeah, they're not like moving plot forward. Yeah, but like they kind of do. Yeah, but they're not like uh, integrated into the writing of the script. I should say they're yeah. they're people performing songs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any other sharps? Uh, God, the dialogue, the comment. I mean. In addition to yours, because yours, I 100% agree with. Like, but th there's moments in the script that make me just laugh out loud and and warm my heart. And I think that's the beauty of the the Muppet performers, writers. I don't know what you know because it's all they're kind of interchangeable. It's like in case, this case, it's Jerry. Another time, it was Frank or, or Jim. They they at this point in their career they were able to do so much with so little words and they it was so brilliant to me and i i just i i, I marvel at how they always tapped on the human condition so quickly and so authentically it's so fascinating how i want to say like any like master puppeteer 
like not outside of Henson, any any master puppeteer mm-hmm. can make their inanimate object have emotions. Absolutely, it's so amazing to me. And this one, like, the, obviously their faces don't can't contort because all like they don't they can't even blink their eyes and you felt, still fall in love with them. And I feel like if this was done with humans. Go with me on this analogy. You yeah, know, yeah. like, who would be a good one? Julianne Moore, let's say, plays Ma. I'm going, let's go with it. Sure. After she sang Our World, I feel like there'd be, like, the lone tear Correct. coming out of her eye. Yeah, a manipulation of, of you know, emotional manipulation. Not necessarily on her part, but on the director saying, we got to have this, you know. Whereas you Either- Either that or she's like clearing the water away from her eye mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. A, as like a performative moment. But like the the fact that you can kind of see that with puppets like that's mm-hmm. ooh, that's a new sharp. I'm adding that. There's also a, a moment I have to sharp, which is so subtle and I can't get over it. again. This speaks to this me just obsessing about how they can channel human conditions so easily ma goes on stage to sing her song in the in the contest and you see her looking for her spot on the stage she's looked she looks down and moves and then finds her spot you i saw that happen this time yeah and i was like it's that is brilliant details the details yeah. of this um okay do you, you are you good with sharps any more I'm sharps? Good. yeah that was it all right let's get to flats i don't have any and it's been a while since i don't have any i i can't i there there is not like well if i were to say something it would be very much this i would just want more i want it i want more of the of it like and i think that's fine that you don't get more but my desire would be like, I want a little bit more. I want to know what happens after. I want to know what happened before. Like, I want more. I want it to be an hour and a half instead of 52 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, Well, it's great you say that because according to the Wikipedia page for Emmett Otter's Drug Band Christmas, on October, I'm going to read this verbatim. So this is me citing my source. On mm-hmm. October 21st, 2019, it was announced that Brett McKenzie is writing a script and songs for a film adaptation of the TV special, which will be produced by the Jim Henson Company, Pacific Electric Pictures Company, and Snoot Entertainment. Cool. So. Pre-pandemic, though. Uh, yeah, this is also from the Film Music Reporter website uh, and Variety. And you know there was a live action stage version of this. There was? Yeah, I forget if it was at Goodspeed or at Paper Mill. It was at one of those theaters. And I don't know how they did it. I don't know how it was done. I just know that it existed because I feel like I knew somebody in it. Um, I I don't think I was in town to see it. and I, But um, I just kind of kept thinking, gee, I hope it moves so I could see it. Because all I kept, you know, because who somebody I knew was working on it. And I don't know if it was with live actors and puppets or if it was just puppet i but i know it was a live version of it would you want to see this with people i will put it like this you know i always get really frustrated when somebody wants to remake a classic movie like we're going to remake the wizard of oz and i go why just make a different movie i feel the same way about this it's like this is 
perfection. It is the the artists at their height of powers. Just make something else that you could base it on this. You could just be inspired by this, but do your do something else. You know, just don't redo what already exists. Um, that's that's my. I feel like that about a lot of things. Like we don't need to redo uh, Emmett Otter. We 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 can just do something, you know, in its universe, uh, a prequel. But don't focus, focus on another character, yeah, like the yeah, absolutely. You know, like or just give you the story about what happened to Pa Otter. Fine, that's cool. The Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of like right. Emmett's exactly. friend. There it is, right there. Or the River Bottom Boys. What happens oh, yeah, to them that, after that the would, contest? Or how do they get to be how they are? How do they get to be rambunctious? Yeah, it's great. Um, Why is the fish always with them? How do they get the fish? Who <laughs> caught that fish? <laughs> Uh, would you add any of those songs to your life's playlist? They already are, honey. Already are. They're in my Christmas playlist. I really only wrote two. I wrote Brothers in Our World, which is the mashup song. Oh, and then... yeah, I'm sorry. They're, uh, yeah, it's uh, not all of them. I'm, I'm yeah. exaggerating, obviously, yeah. And yeah, then... And Ma's song. Uh, I didn't write that one. I wrote down When the River Meets the Sea, the... but at the end, when it's everybody singing. Oh, yeah. Which I think that's on my list too. It is on my playlist as well. It's that one. I think it's that one. The song about the grandma, the the fat lady, and and Ma's song, and but not the river bottom stuff because I didn't enjoy that. Which, by the way, get your tissue ready. Oh, no. Um, this song was performed by Jerry Nelson, who v- voiced and puppeteered Emmett Otter at Jim Henson's funeral. Which song? Uh, when the river meets the sea. <laughs> It was. Yeah, it was one. It's one of the oh, one of the songs that was performed at his memorial service. Oh, sweet. Um, take it. Yeah, if you really want a good cry, look up a boy and his frog. It is. What is that? Oh, I'm gonna. Cry, I'm crying just thinking of it. Is it uh, a documentary? No, a fan made a song that sung through Kermit about Jim Henson. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm crying. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. It is so beautiful. And uh, you guys are hearing me cry through through your, <laughs> through your AirPods or whatever you're yes, listening to this. feelings, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and... my God. And on that note, Roland, we're done with the episode. I'm Get still in tears. Oh. <laughs> Roland, I've never seen you like this, John. <laughs> Roland, let me clear my eyes. But what do you have to plug or promote? So this at this moment in time, you guys will be on. It'll be Christmas time, and I will be finishing up a um a wonderful run on the Disney Magic, the Disney Cruise Line, um where I will be <clears throat> good friends with the man in the red outfit himself, Mr. Santa Claus. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Something different for um for me. Uh, taking a a. a eight eight week nine week contract and traveling on the high seas at christmas time because i missed having a christmas job like when i had christmas carol so and uh, i also um got permission from the show creator herself to say that i uh, joined the third season of um, an animated series called hell of a boss you can find it on 
um, YouTube. Uh, I don't know when my episode will air. I think I'm, I'm season three, episode five. I'm playing multiple characters. Um, I'm under an NDA, but I asked her if I could say that I was on it. And she said, you can, you just can't talk about what you're doing. And I was like, great. So thank you. I mean, Vivian. and this is awesome. Do you know when it comes out? I don't. I think I think the seasons drop as a whole uh, okay. in, on YouTube, you know, and it's and and yes, it's a SAG job. Yes, it's a SAG approved situation because it's not a struck company, nor is it one of the uh, producers that um, as of this recording, because right, right, we, right. record, we are recording yeah. this episode. And hopefully we'll have moved on from this. And a little ad, a little yeah. in advance. And maybe maybe future John is going to do some decorative cutting around this. Uh <laughs> yeah what do you have anything else you want to oh no that's it i'm just thrilled beyond words because that's my first time doing voicing cartoons and it is a broadway heavy cast they there's bryce pinkham's in it uh james Englehart, um alex brightman it is like the cream of the crop broadway folks in this in this series jonathan freeman is in it like i can't be more honored that they uh, i got this gig so i really hope um I don't get in trouble for mentioning it, but she did. She did give me express permission. You can see the first two seasons on YouTube right now. On Vizzy Pop is the channel, and the show's called Hell of a Boss. It's very adult. It's not for kids. Not for kids. Very, unlike, very. Adult. Unlike this movie, it's not yeah. for kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you know how they did that goddamn boat, <laughs> and, then, and then post it if you get the answer, John, and tag me because. I want to know. Oh, I will. You can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. Also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Uh, Roland is at Roland Ruzanek on... On Instagram. And Instagram. you can find me on Facebook, but I'm, I'm just more, more of an Instagram person. Uh, and if you know the answer to that question, please tag both of us. Yes, I please. Mean, or you can email me and I can make a post out of it. Uh, but <laughs> tag us. Um and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, well, we're continuing on with the holiday spirit, but just a different holiday. And we're going to be talking about eight crazy nights. <laughs> Roland, thank you so much for coming back on. Thanks for having me. This was fun. It was heartwarming. I was in yeah. a good mood after I watched this movie. <laughs> uh, and everyone, thank you for listening and bye for now. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>